0: Hello and welcome to Home Education Today podcast. I'm your host, Chauncey Lynn Childs, and on this podcast we talk about the challenges, concerns, and joys of providing a first-class education for our children at home. We also discuss methods and experiences with successful home educators, give a voice to concerned public school teachers, and anything else that strengthens our ability to teach and guide and direct our kids as autonomous, empowered, and joyful parents. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Good afternoon. I am thinking and thinking today about something that I've been wanting to talk about, and I just wrote a blog about it, so I'm just going to kind of surmise some of the things that I covered in there and maybe add a few more. I've been thinking about the public schools and the private guilt that we have around them. I think a lot of people today are, they've been shocked by what they've seen uh, during the COVID pandemic as they've watched their kids online. Um, They've had some issues with some of the things that their kids are being taught and the way that the school boards have handled um, some of these issues. But they feel badly because um, we've all kind of had this idea that the public schools are absolutely necessary to our society, that there's really there are really no other options. And we have to we have to support them. And we have this kind of guilt that we maybe are stepping away or thinking about stepping away from it. And I, I know that this is how teachers feel. They definitely um most teachers that I know, I have people in my own family who are teachers and some very good friends. My parents were public school teachers and, you know, they get very married to that system and to, um, that feeling of, you know, contributing to society in in a very big way. And and I don't want to say that that isn't true. It is true. Um, it's just, the public school system is just one of those institutions that's been around so long that most of us can't imagine our society without it. It's, um, you know, I mean, what would life look like? What would what would it look like if kids were not going to school? And we have no ability to even picture a future with without the public schools. And, you know, along with this, I'm going to admit that I even I uh, feel this way, I mean, I took my kids out of the public school system for for very good reasons, almost 25 years ago. Um, they did do kind of, we did a hybrid kind of a thing as the kids got into junior high, We they went in the afternoons. We have a very uh, good way of um, doing it here in Oregon, surprisingly. I was surprised because I came from California, where it was illegal to homeschool the first year that I homeschooled. Um, the second year, we moved up here to, to the Portland area, and I was surprised to find out that uh, just filling out a few forms and uh, keeping up with uh, testing third, fifth, eighth, and tenth grade, I was able to um, actually have my kids participate in things that they wanted to participate in a few hours a day or an hour a day, a class here and a class there, whatever it was, PE or, um, you know, a science class that they might want to engage in or uh, play in the band or play a sport or whatever. And it was really the best of all worlds because as they got older and they wanted to expand their horizons a little bit and get, you know, dip their feet in, uh, you know, the social scene at school, they could do that without being overwhelmed by it. So, you know, I admit the public system, even for our family was somewhat of a, um, you know, a safety net. It was an added bonus for us. And if I had ever had to go back to work full-time or if I had, you know, had a terrible accident or a debilitating illness, uh, say that I could if I had had to, I could have put my kids back into school. And um, th- those things that was there for my kids. And I realized that I was I was very lucky um, and blessed, even though our financial situation was not, you know, always wonderful <laughs> in those early days when we first moved uh, to the area. Um, we struggled financially and it was a huge sacrifice for me uh, you know, to be home with the kids, but uh, we made it and we were lucky. There are a lot of families who don't have uh, the resources that we had or, you know, the skills that my husband had in education. So I realized that for a lot of people, there's this feeling like the public education system has to exist to support um, two income families and uh, especially the poor especially kids that are not getting two meals, three meals a day, or even maybe two, or maybe even one. So um, I've never regretted my, situ- my, my decision, but um, I realized that I, I, I was very, very lucky. So um, the question that I wanna pose is, however, is you know, do we owe something to the public system? Are we obligated? Do we have some kind of moral obligation? Um, an obligation to society to make sure that these public schools stay functioning, that they are there to serve, in particular, the poor, um, the disadvantaged, the dysfunctional families? Um, is that something that you and I take on as citizens of this country? And do we owe that to our communities? Okay, I, I acknowledge that I have a duty to um, my my community and to my state and to my country. Uh, even globally, I believe in being a global citizen and that I believe that children should be educated. Um, I think that's a given. Anybody with half a brain uh, believes that. But do in its current form, do I believe that that is a thing that public schools in their current form have to exist and that I have a moral obligation to to help sustain them. If you're somebody who believes this, my question to you is why, why do you believe that? Um, And I wanna give a shout out to the teachers because um, again, uh, well associated with teachers, I know how much they care. Um, I think that feeling that we have about the public schools comes from the love of the people that we have in our communities, the families. And teachers are really a very special group of people that know that they're going into a profession where they're not going to ever make a lot of money, but they want to serve. And um, they their hearts are in the right place. And I have nothing but, you know, all kinds of admiration for teachers. Again, my parents were public school teachers. Um, and I acknowledge that an, uh, an increasing number of children rely on the services that the school provides for them, uh, the mental health resources, uh, resources to teach them about sex education, resources to um, support them in, uh, for, for some kids, the public school is the only safe place that that they go, that they have. And that, that says something. Um, teachers will tell you that there, in every classroom, there are those kids that rely upon the school and the school is more of their family and more of their safety, uh, safe situation than, than it is at home. So yes, I get it. Um, if the public schools were magically to dis- disappear, all of a sudden, what would happen to those children and some of their basic needs uh, that are not being met at home? So the question remains. do we have an obligation to the public schools? So I guess I am going to have to uh, come right out and answer that question. And my answer to that would be no. We don't have a moral, financial, spiritual, emotional, or physical obligation to support the public schools uh, in, in the form that they are right now. If they implode, and I submit to you that we are, probably witnessing at this time the beginnings of an implosion of sorts. Um, I don't know that the system that we have now will will be totally gone. I don't believe that it will, you know, cease to be um, in some form. But I don't believe that uh, with the teacher shortages that we're having at this time and the number of people that continue to uh, wake up, and see you know, how bad the schools have become, uh, that that's gonna stop. I think that that attrition is gonna continue and teachers are gonna continue to leave the system because this has been building up for, for decades. Uh, there's been major problems in the school system for a very long time. And, and where teacher salaries are not going up, inflation is going up like crazy. Every teacher that I've ever known who relied upon their teacher's salary to support their family has had to have another, at least another job in the summer. I've never known a teacher that did not have a side hustle uh, either year round or um, in, in the summer, where they had to make extra money. They couldn't just take the summer off. I've, I've never known a teacher that, did, that didn't have to do that. So um if, these, if this implosion keeps going on, um, we are going to have ginormous class sizes. We're gonna have less and less support staff and we're gonna have more chaos um, in, this, in the school system. And uh, that is not your problem. <laughs> you have no obligation to the schools to make sure that they stay open, unless of course it becomes your problem because you are unprepared. And if you are totally unprepared for this, then why is that my problem, right? Why is that everybody else's problem? The public school system has, has so, gone so far away from its original purpose that it's, it's barely recognizable. The truth is the public education system, the public schooling system does not owe our children two free meals a day. It doesn't owe parents free babysitting. And I've written about that. Is this, is this something that you, you do? Do you drop your kids off at school and say, "Ah, oh, now I can put my feet up and you know drink some coffee or do whatever I want? Is school a babysitting service for you? Um, it does not have the gu- obligation or even the right to teach your children about social and emotional learning. I hear a lot of teachers on social media commenting about how valuable this is curriculum is in in helping children to deal with their emotions and to not have tantrums and to be responsible citizens. What what in the heck is going on there? Okay. The school is not supposed to be teaching your children sex ed, either for health or for safety. And I I hardly know anybody who will not gasp at me saying that. But it used to be very controversial that schools were teaching sex ed, and now we have schools teaching sex ed not not just reproductive health. Okay, they're teaching transgenderism and they're they're teaching um, you know uh, homosexual lifestyle and alternative lifestyles and all kinds of things. Planned Parenthood is right in the middle of that that curriculum, encouraging abortion, encouraging promiscuity, all kinds of things. Um, The the, uh, public school does not have any right to teach societal values. Societal values are not part of an academic education or even like student leadership. Why, Why is the school taking on that role? That is the role of parents to teach their children how to be leaders. Public schools don't owe your children sports teams. Okay, newsflash, that is not academics. And (laughs) me saying that, I know that's going to be a huge problem for people. But you know, sports teams can be done at the club level just fine. Many, many sports operate already on on the club level. We don't need to have sports in schools. Okay, we don't need to have bands. We don't need to have theater. All of these things can be community activities, community clubs that people do as they band together and want to enrich their children's education or their children's experiences, let alone all the various clubs and organizations that are political and they're social, like you know, global warming. This is all activism stuff that is, should not be in the school at all. The premise of public education is that children go there to learn about academics. Okay. The corruption of the public schooling system has become so wide and so deep. It is extremely difficult to actual, to find actual academics taking place. It is all interwoven with the social emotional issues, the um, activist lifestyle, the activist mentality. In the end, All we really have to do is look at the statistics and the statistics tell us um, that globally, we are are at the bottom. (laughs) We are in the bottom, what 10th or something of in reading, writing, math, science. And that's how you know that we have strayed very, very far from being an academic institution. The focus on social engineering and all the freebies and the skills training versus knowledge acquisition has, has really just destroyed any semblance of learning in the public system. So what is our obligation? Our obligation, our one true obligation is not only to our own children, but it is to all of America's children. And it is to reinvent the American education system so that it truly serves America's families. And what that means is that parents are going to have to step up. They're going to have to take responsibility for their kids. They're going to have to feed, clothe, and shelter them themselves. And there's no doubt that there's going to be some pain at this at first. And that's because change usually comes with some discomfort. But I have to tell you that I, I have faith in America's families. And I know that not all of them will be able to make these adjustments because we always have the poor among us, no matter how utopian our our worldview is, there's always going to be poor among us. And I believe that communities will rally and they will become, families will become healthier. They will become more connected and they will become more aware because one of the huge problems that we have right now with the public system, just as we do with, with public welfare of any kind, is that we don't look up, we don't look around like we should because we see the public schools filling that void or, or we, we have this impression that they're filling that void and we decide that you know this isn't our problem. And the truth is this is our problem it is our problem because the public schooling system has not made all these problems better it's made it worse when we started giving kids free lunch that did not solve the problem it made it worse it made more parents less responsible and now we serve like it's the school lunch program itself not including the school breakfast program, is a $14 billion uh, program nationwide. That's ridiculous, just for lunch. Our moral obligation needs to shift from, from thinking we need to be loyal to government institutions to being loyal and having an obligation to one another. When we do that, these problems can be addressed on a personal level in ways that are appropriate instead of on this general level where they aren't appropriate. And in my view, if we want to, you know, if we want to solve some of the mental health issues and some of the food scarcity issues and, and some of these other problems that are going on I'm okay with devoting some tax dollars for a period of time for a temporary period of time to help us get over this hump but it would be for just a period of time it would not be you know to infinity and beyond like we have it now I'm okay with that just not through the public schools schools are for education not solving societal problems So I hope that you will take this into account. Think about how we can be more attuned, more prepared and more dedicated to the idea of revamping public education because it isn't education anymore and it needs to be looked at. Some food for thought today. Hey, thanks so much for listening all the way to the very end. By listening to the entire podcast, you've proven yourself to be the kind of person that is forward thinking. And you're concerned about our current culture. And you also believe that you can change the world. I believe that by having these simple discussions that we can really make a big difference in the world, really have an impact. And I hope that you'll share this information with others so that together we really can make a positive change.